Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacy Mitchell back from her exotic Caribbean cruise. Woo-hoo. That's how you pronounce it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> because I have a grandmother from Barbados, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live on every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So a lot of stuff happening in the news this week, and our last topic, I almost lost my mind prepping for the show on this, this new bare minimum Monday trend that exists Sounds a lot like quiet quitting. We'll talk about that later. First, we're going to lead off with Fannie Mae. Uh, So Fannie Mae came out, and this was over the weekend. Um, And and Lance Lambert of Fortune Magazine did a great job breaking this down. And Fannie Mae basically said, if you don't know who Fannie Mae is, they're one of the lending authorities in, in the country. They're backed by the federal government. The housing market recession isn't over, and soon it will spur a mild U.S. recession. So in this article, and and kind of the breakdown was that um, new home sales are rising. There's aggressive builder incentives, which I've seen a lot of locally. We can talk about those. Mortgage rates have gone back under 7, although they've they've, they've come up a lot. They're kind of right on the cusp of that at like 6.875 today. And now Fannie Mae came out, and they said that, We're going to see another housing recession. Ladies, what do you think about this? I was a little shocked to see this headline over the weekend. Well, there's always a need for clickbait, right? So, (laughs) (laughs) so they, you know, they put out the, you know, the house on fire kind of um, headline there to make you click on it. Uh, But when you dive into the numbers, um, it it seems like it's a smaller decline. Uh, So they're predicting. Um, so I think it says between Q4 and Q, yeah, Q4 2022 and Q4 2023, um, it was falling between 1.2%. And then there was another decline, 2.2% between Q4 2023. And that's what they're predicting, Q4 2024. And then this is home prices, correct? Yes. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, and again, we always talk about this all the time. Real estate is local. Mm -hmm. So our market could be completely different than what they're seeing in other parts of the country. So everything you have to take with a grain of salt when you're looking at these headlines, because it might not be conducive or be anything remotely close to what we're seeing in our own local market. Um, But again, I think, uh, you know, Fannie Mae has made lots of predictions, (laughs) And lots of their predictions have not come to fruition. Yeah, I would I would agree uh, 100% in that, you know, real estate as it like pertains to you looking in this market is very local. So, you know, a lot of these stats could be referring to other areas. And yes, it's a very catchy headline. Um, but if it if you're buying here, this is what matters, right? Yeah. So, um, like, absolutely, you need to think about it from the local level. Um, I think that for our market, given where inventory has been and is predicted to kind of still be in the, you know, foreseeable future here, um, I I don't see that happening. Um, you know, I think that we're, if anything, like, things could 
soften slightly or like level a little bit just from where mm-hmm. they had been before. But I'm not seeing like a dip. We're not seeing that. Um, and they are notorious for revising their predictions. So <laughs> I like how you say that for revising their predictions. <laughs> but and they do they do say further down in, into their article mm-hmm. that. The forecast is a mild correction, not yep. a housing crash. So that's clearly stated in here. Um, and it just, it all boils down to the lack of resale inventory. So I, I agree with everything you two were saying. One, it's it's maybe a correction, not a crash. And I mean, clearly there's no crash coming. And, mm-hmm. you know, most people have a long view of real estate. And this is the thing that, that if you're trying to like flip a property and like make a profit just based on appreciation in a 12-month period, I would argue you're probably going to lose more than you're going to win. That That's documented and proven because you got costs involved and all these other things. And Lance Lambert, who uh, put this together, there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a chart he has put out. And we just did a video about this uh, that we sent out to our entire database. And it's been something that a lot of people have been constantly sharing. And it's from Fortune Magazine. And it talks about home price growth by months into the decade. And it basically shows from the 1990s, the 2000s, the 2010s, the 2020s, prices have not come down with the exception of that 2008 recession that we went through. And if you have a long view like I do, and the average homeowner lives in their property 11 years at this point, it's up massively. It used to be like seven. You're not going to lose money on real estate. There's really no bad time if you have a long view of real estate. So many people are looking at, like, of course, over a year period, things might change a little bit. Mm-hmm. A year ago, where were rates? I mean, we, we look at that. I mean, rates were in the fives. They're still lower if you look at Q4, at least the very beginning, until they spiked up to seven. So this article, I mean, it, it, I, I, I'm just not seeing it. I don't know what Fannie Mae is seeing. And we're not the only ones disagreeing with them. In uh, the article put together by Fortune magazine, they talk about that Zillow and CoreLogic are forecasting slight home price gains through the end of the year. So I'm just I'm not buying this one at all. Um, and what I anticipate happening is slow, steady appreciation based on inventory levels. And especially with what the, 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 the Fed's been doing with kind of chilling out a little bit, we've seen rates come up a little bit. As long as rates stay below seven, I'm clear we're going to be in good shape. And th- this is just I, I don't I don't know where they're how they're forecasting this. And, and this might just be a model that they're running for all we know. Right. I mean, I I think that slow and steady for appreciation is the ideal way for it to go because like you don't want to have when you've got these massive jumps like people have trouble getting into them and seeing the value in them and then that's where you're like how is this going to maintain but for any place that you're like you want it to like mm-hmm. even if you're on the buy end and you're like well this only cost this like however many years ago or like you look at the previous sale and like you know, then you have to dive in to be like, well, what did they do to it? And like, da, 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 da. But like, you want to always see that going up, even if you are on the buying end of that, because mm-hmm. you want to know that you're getting an investment that's going to continue to grow and appreciate. So, um, yeah, I think that like a steady, slow model is like the best. Well, and, and what we're seeing just on the on, if we want to take this down to a microcosm here, um, last week, according to the Housing Wire Housing Market Tracker, we saw a slight bump in new listings. 3,809 new listings came to the market last week. It was about 660 the week before, so that's a nice movement that, that I'm seeing. I think that's what people want to see happen. Um, and when you look at that and you're seeing we're, we're happy there's like 3,800 homes coming to the market. It's not even a big number. And even the previous week, we were happy about 600 when mm-hmm. Stacy was 
drinking mocktails and coffee all week. So, um, it, you know, what, what, what I see happening here is that until inventory comes up, there's no way prices are going to come down. And a lot of these predictors, and I'm, the Fannie Mae, I don't know if they did this or not, but they use median sale price. It's a garbage statistic. It's the middle number, right? Average is what counts. Redfin does this all the time. So you've really got to dive in and, and see what's happening with these statistics. And this is going to be something that agents now have to deal with. I guarantee you, you're going to have conversations this week. We can make some bets at the, at the break here that you're going to have a buyer say, well, what about the Fannie Mae uh, recession that they're predicting now? Should I wait to buy homes? I mean, do, do you foresee this happening? Because this is how it goes every single time. I mean, I, I sometimes still have clients that talk about the housing crash that's imminent mm-hmm. or, you know, the economy is going to collapse. Um, you know, I just had a conversation the other day about the debt ceiling not being raised and everything's just going to come tumbling down. There, there is no shot they don't come to a deal on the debt ceiling. They're going um, to. 0.0% chance that right. doesn't go through. The uh, And if they yes. if, if that does happen, we got way bigger problems than what's right. going on with housing. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's political posturing and people have to understand that. Um, and not buy into it and just mm-hmm. relax and just, you know, these are the facts and there's not going to be a housing crash. And you have to know the facts. You have to know what you're talking about so that you can speak intelligently to these folks and actually provide data to them. Mm-hmm. And then once they they listen to what you're telling them and, and it makes pure sense, they understand. And But you have to calm their fears. Mm-hmm. Right. When then like then they can come to the decision on their own. It's just like, hey, mm-hmm. these are the facts. Mm-hmm. Do with it what you will. Mm-hmm. That, that's the only way to behave as an agent. And and that, that's where a lot of people will make them. They, they actually like think they know the answer. Like, oh, you're never going to get that house. We just literally talked about this today at training where Sarah pulled like the Michael Jordan <laughs> head fake of all time to get some terms agreed to that normally wouldn't. And it, it, you don't know until you present everything and let the clients decide because they're the decision makers here, mm-hmm. not, not, not us. Okay. So we've, we've seen inventory bubble up a little bit. Um, we saw a purchase application drop. We've seen the 10-year kind of move around a little bit as well. And now we have rates coming in about 6.875%. How do you two see the rest? Let's, let's talk about the next, like, 40 days here. The, like, wh- how do you see the market playing out the next 40 days? Is it going to be this savagely competitive market that we've seen for buyers and, and sellers are still a little afraid of being able to identify something? Is this going to cool down a bit with rates coming up close to seven again with this news? Is that going to put fear in people? What do you anticipate happening between now and the 4th of July? I I don't think that this news is going to, like, strike too much fear in people. Um, you know, I mean, I think it's something that you'd be able to, like, talk through with a, a pretty um, easy conversation. Um, rates, I'm really hoping stay below seven. Like, I do not want to see them spike above seven mm-hmm. because that's where things get a little wonky and, um, you know, it's, it just makes everything a lot more difficult. So really hoping that they, they stay down. And I think it's going to continue to be the trend where there are certain homes that are going to go within one weekend of being on the market. They're going to have multiple offers. They're going to be super, super competitive. And then when you get to that, like 15 plus days on market, which is crazy that it's that short of a time frame. But again, depending on circumstance, motivation of seller, yada, 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 um, that's where you suddenly go from like having to be like super, super competitive to like, hey, this is this is what I want, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's 
so you've you've got kind of like both ends of the spectrum going on at the same time and you just have to keep your eye out for the right opportunity. I agree. Yeah, I don't think that this article is going to make much of a difference. What I do believe is that um, there is concern that interest rates could start getting into the sevens. So I think that there's buyers out there that have been waiting for, you know, spring market or into the summer because the kids are out of school. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be fever pitched that they're going to try to get into something because that's their goal. You know, they set out to move over the summer and that's what they're going to do. And especially if there's any, you know, whispers of the interest rates getting higher and into the sevens, I think they're, uh, those folks are definitely going to be out there yeah. and they're going to be very serious about getting under contract. Right. And it's so funny how as the rates go up, these previous rates that were like, oh my God, this is terrible. Suddenly it's like, oh my God, I got to lock in at that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I, I agree with you there. And, well, and, 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 you know, people... The people that have waited have just been – it's it's been a horrible decision. Um, yes. It's always better to deal with certainty, and then if rates do come down, you can kind of refinance later. I mean, and I'm not saying it's a guarantee you're going to get a lower number. It's just that that's the better way to do it. I mean, imagine those people that were – they were waiting for rates to come down when they were like five, yeah. right? Right, yeah. I mean – They would really – Well, they're still waiting, right? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and they're like, we're waiting for three again. Well, that's just not going to happen, and, and it's almost the obligation of agents to do that. So – and so far, the 10-year today has been pretty flat, so my hope is that that'll continue. So so the last piece of this here is you hear this information. Um, what should agents be doing? Uh, Inman came out with an article about because of the latest Fannie Mae Grimm outlook, which to me, this is like more of the same. Stacey, you mentioned it. Like it, this is another bad headline. What should agents be doing so they can beat the odds? So what advice do you have real, for real estate agents that are worried that there might be another recession coming because I've got to, I've got a spoiler alert for all the real estate agents out there. No matter what you do, the market's going to be the market. So yeah. I, I think it's more of a how do you handle your business right now? So what advice do you two and what I mean, specifically like Sarah, I mean, you've been on this massive tear. Stacy, you're super consistent. What are you doing to recession proof your business right now? I pretty much do the same thing. <laughs> Shocker. You, know? <laughs> you do the same thing over and over and get a predictable yeah, result. I, I don't, um, you know, I just think consistency is key. And the market, like you said, Tom, is going to swing. It's going to go up and down. It, the market will be what it is. But, you know, we as agents have to definitely, number one, know our information, keep mm-hmm. up with our local market, be able to answer all the questions and provide the data. Um, so you have to have confidence in that. And I think if you're not confident in, in being able to answer questions and provide the information, then that's what you really need to work on. Um, there's a couple other things too. Um, always be willing to make changes though. You know, you have to be willing to change it up. Um, but as far as my consistency, it's definitely keeping in touch with the clients uh, outreach is big. You want them to know that you're there when that perfect home comes on the market. Um, provide them with all the market data as it fluctuates and shifts. Some people don't realize that the interest rates are below seven. Mm-hmm. You know, they're shocked yeah. that they thought that they just kept climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely providing this information to them and keeping them in the loop um, is very, very helpful. And I think that it's greatly appreciated mm-hmm. uh, by the most part for these folks. I had a a person reach out to me today. I haven't talked to them in about a year and a half, but I've definitely kept them in touch with what was going on in the market. Not a whole lot of feedback from them, maybe a a thanks text message or something, but their home popped on the market and they want to go see it this weekend. So 
that's the key. You have to just be consistent. You know, if, if what you're doing is working, do it. Continue to do it. But if what you're doing is not working, you do have to figure out where you're, you know, where and where to make the tweaks and changes and implement. Yeah. I mean, I would say a big one is just to to be positive with your clients, like rather than just be like, yeah, it sucks, you know, <laughs> like. Um, it's a horrible help- mindset, by the right. way, if you do that. that yeah. This is great advice. Right. So, you know, whether that is looking for some certain properties that where you can get opportunity, like if it's that they they don't want to get into like a bidding war, they don't want to go over ask or like whatever. Or, you know, a lot of times people will think initially like, oh, I only want to be like in this area with this and this and this. But nothing about that lines up for, you know, their both like purchase price, monthly payments, where the taxes are at. And then like if you kind of get down to like, well, what is it that you need to be close to? And then like you can have that what you want right over here, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, just kind of opening them up to to some different options. But really just like being being positive and like, let's give it a shot. So I, I love both of those because the negativity is like, I mean, you're going to attract negative clients mm-hmm. and negative clients suck, by the way. Like, I mean, they, they suck the energy out of you. It, it, and if you're not lead generating, you're, you're just, you have to tolerate who you have. And that, that, that's a big problem agents have. Um, Stacy, talk about accepting, accepting feedback. This is something like agents hate doing, right? They don't want to ever hear, I could do this better. I could do this better. You two are prime examples of no matter what's going on. Hey, here's some adjustments to you know that, that we can make in our businesses, and it might be something like market wide. If you're having to have a you know remove words from your vocabulary, like the market mm. sucks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to kind of from Sarah's point, the the other thing I, I'd be looking at if I'm an agent right now is that you have to have like a startup mindset um, or like a like a, a mindset of hey, I'm I'm starting at zero every day because that's what this business is, and. So many people, they they sold. You could have sold ten houses last week. You've done like five deals in the past twenty five days, right? Mm-hmm. You know what? Those deals are done, and they're going to go, or they're going to not. You got to right. go find the next one, right? Yeah. And and starting at zero, to me, is one of the most important things agents can do because, in my view, you're only as good as your last pending sale. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could you just because you have all this stuff coming in doesn't mean anything for what's going to happen over the next ninety days. And one of the things mentioned in this Inman article here was. Uh, perfect your elevator speech, and I would argue it's it's probably more so perfect your appointment. Make sure you're giving people the right information. You're showing up. You look the appropriate way. You've got, like, the take-home piece with you. You're making that connection with folks. You have a game plan after the appointment about what you're going to do, so you're keeping that person working with you and not straying somewhere else. And that, that conversion at appointments, to me, is something that agents have gotten really sloppy with because they're coming from this uniform, unicorn market where – it was, you know, you were in the right place, right time, sold the house. Those days are long gone at this point. As hot as the market is, it's not like it was because you're not seeing the same amount of homes transact. We're seeing less homes transact this year. Mm-hmm. Even though inventory's up from a supply standpoint where it was the year before, and that, you know, kind of reinforces what you're talking about, Sarah, where there's opportunities out there. 14 mm-hmm. days, I mean, I'm all over a 14-day listing. Let's write an offer. Let's get aggressive. And a lot of agents don't even want to think that way. So. Right. It's, it's all about just being in the moment, knowing the market, executing, and just being really consistent, like you said, Stacey. So on, on, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We are going to talk about the number of real estate agents in the country. It shrank again and how to close 39% more transactions this summer for the people that are sticking with the business 
This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more, and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax line welcome back to tool time real estate radio on wwdb 860 a.m i'm tom tool she's stacy mitchell she's sarah timon we've got nick behind the camera and we all work at the tom tool sales group at remax mainline the number one remax team in pennsylvania since 2018 number 11 in the country and we're streaming live every single week on facebook youtube and instagram just look up Tom Tool Sales Group, make sure to follow, give us a like, whatever you're supposed to do on the various channels. So, NAR membership, it's down again, and it, it shrunk by not, not a huge number, but enough that it's noticeable. Um, Two-thirds of a percent in April compared to a year earlier. And what, what's surprising to me is the time of year that it's shrinking. Usually, this is when a lot of people get into the business during the historically time where we see a lot of folks you know transact and that's been a little delayed this year for sure so the latest monthly membership report shows that of april 30th uh nar had 1.5 million five four million members excuse me and that's up slightly compared to the 1.53 from one month prior but it's down from the previous year in 2022 during at the end of april when more homes were selling by the way so 
What do you think this means? I mean, this is fascinating to me that we're seeing this kind of dip year over year in the month of April specifically. Well, I mean, what's in the numbers? Like, who are the people that are falling out? I mean, right. what the average age of realtors is what? In I'll get you the exact number. Okay. I know that they're probably retiring, right? Mm-hmm. So we do have a lot of retirements that are happening. Um, the median age, I hate median, is 56. Yeah, so... You know, it's people could be like, I've had enough of this. I'm just going to pack it in. I've done well. You know, I'm going to just sail sail away. Um, the other thing is it's a, it's a tough market, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that people get involved in real estate because they think it's easy. You just wake up and you open doors and people are calling you and they want you to list their house. That is so far from the reality is and when you get, when you get into it and you know you get down in the dirt with real estate it's you're having tough conversations you know you're you your clients are you know reaching out to you at all different times um it's it's a tough tough business it's a very very rewarding and i love it type of business but it's not for everybody right. so i think folks get into it they realize this is not for me and they get out Right. And I mean, there's certainly a lot of times where you do, you spend a lot of hours and a lot of time on something that goes nowhere, you know? So Mm -hmm. like time put in doesn't always, it doesn't, I feel like it all in the end levels out to, you know, what you're going to be walking away with. But um, there's certainly weeks where, you know, you, you, you do it. You put in a lot of hours, you do a lot of appointments, you make a lot of calls and you have nothing to show for it. Um, So if you need that like consistent, paycheck like certainly that could that could wear on you the you're never really off type of thing can be can be a little bit draining um what would be a little bit interesting too if like so for um if this is normally the time of year that more people would be getting into the market if there are some of these agents that are either retiring or maybe have just been holding licenses like because you renew them like at the time that you got in before so maybe people are just letting them fall off um, so, so that's a little off. It's every two years once you get it. Yeah. So the next renewal period is 2024. Oh, okay. It's May. Well, that, that's here. I don't, um, I don't know. Uh, so, um, but I, I think you bring up a good point and I've seen more of this on like, I'm a, I'm in a bunch of real estate, social media groups because I'm a loser and, uh, or, or a real estate nerd, but people have gone on there. Like I'm talking like hundreds of thousands of people in these groups, like lab code agents and some of these other places Hey, I'm thinking about pulling the plug on being in real estate and they're mm-hmm. looking for advice. And I, I've never seen that declaration before like I've seen now because you figure they got in 2020, right? They had to renew last year. Mm-hmm. Everyone renews. Well, now they're in this market where they're like, uh-oh, I'm not really sure what I need to do or this is way harder than I anticipated. And I, I, to your point, Sarah, I think, that, I think they're in over their head. I, I really am clear. Some people are just like, I've had it. And some of the attrition that we've seen, I mean, people, and I, I've talked to other teams around the country, like they come in and like literally the next day they just leave. Yeah. I mean, and it's, uh, people don't realize how much work is involved. They get back to their old business or folks bounce around. They, they make three brokerage changes in like a week. Yeah. And, and, it, well, and you guys are rolling your eyes. I mean, this, this is real life. So yeah. th- there, there's a bit of uncertainty in the market. And when people are uncertain, you've got two options, right? One is you run away or two is you charge the storm. And we've talked about this before and the people that are charging the storm are, are doing well, but there's a lot of people that are running away or sticking their head in the ground or trying to hide. Yeah. Or maybe they, um, and this would obviously be somebody who, like, if you weren't really 
getting deals, getting things done, and getting any form of like paychecks because it's not like it's a huge number, but mm-hmm. like if it was, so even if it wasn't to renew your license, but you you got in at this time of the year before you would like annually you get hit for, with like your brokerage fees yes. and your like other things. So if you didn't have anything really in the pipeline that was going on, you don't see any like paycheck coming your way and then you get hit with, you know, between the brokerage like annual fee, then I feel like always at the same time is like your bright fee and like all like within a week you get like you're like, oh, mail and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> you, know, you get that's like funny. all these different things. So maybe that's. You'd have to be, like, teetering with leaving anyway if yeah. that's going to push you out. But, like, you know, maybe all those things came in at once and you were like, I'm not spending another cent on this if I, right. don't, if I don't see something good coming in. Well, and Jimmy Mackin sent out a tweet about this from Curator that most agents are two to three bad months from just getting out of the business entirely. And, and I think there, there's a lack of, like, financial savings in there. Um, th- there was a tweet that got sent out. This was from uh, Nick Gurley. I don't, I don't know who this is, but he, he, it was um, in the story – where it says realtors are officially quitting and the growth rate in realtors registered with NAR went negative in May. And that's the first contraction of realtors since the 2008 crash. Um, Nick, I'll send you the chart on this. so We can put it in the, in the post uh, in the, in the post recording, but this is, again, it's in May and you're seeing that it's, it's down uh, seven tenths of a percent. And if you look at when the number of agents bottomed out, it was, in 2009 now this is nothing like that i want to be super clear but you look at that sharp decline you saw then mm-hmm. and then there was a, a big rise in 2020 and that's because a lot of people they, they couldn't work other places and maybe it's some of these people that are that are you know part-time that had fees and, and stuff like it wasn't even it's not even around the the couple of bills that come due but it might be just like they have monthly fees or it's costing them to carry their license so they don't want to pay this stuff or they got another job Mm-hmm. Right. Because the hiring market is very competitive right now. We constantly talk about how competitive the hiring market is. Maybe these people are just going back to what they were doing before, what they wanted to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I'm on some of those uh, realtor Facebook groups also. And I do see where folks are posting about, uh, you know, I haven't had a deal signed in four months. And it's so, you know, it's so bad. I don't know what to do. I'm thinking about quitting. And I'm, you know, you feel bad for these folks. You, I do anyway. I feel bad because they are these express, local. Are these like they're local all around? Groups? All around. Oh, okay, it's it's national. So yeah. I don't know what markets they're in. Yeah. Um, but I see a lot of that too, Tom. And mm-hmm. I'm. It just do you uh, say get out. <laughs> no, I would never tell I, anybody. I would love to see Stacy is yeah. too. Both of you are too nice, but Stacy, I would argue, would be the least likely of the three of us to say just get out. Yeah, I think that's a fair bet. I'm right. not, not, not no, just like keep going. I'd probably be the happen. most likely. So, <laughs> right, but I, I do see that. So I think, I mean, we've all had those weeks where we just get, you know, kicked and gut punched, mm-hmm. and we have like things fall apart, and you're like, oh my gosh, what more, you know, mm-hmm. but. That as as quickly as those things happen is as quickly as it can turn around and yeah. you're getting things under contract and stuff's moving. Right. So that to under you know just to keep a level keel and and not swing high and low too much right. is really really important. And I think it is mindset. You you know when you do have those lows, you that's when people think about getting yeah. out, just quitting altogether. Um, where right around the corner. Like tomorrow, you could be signing a listing contract mm-hmm. or you could be getting your buyer under contract. Right. And it only takes one thing to go right for like other things to start yep. falling into place. And I, yeah, I think it's like you kind of have to remember when it's not going great, this isn't going to last. And when it 
does feel not necessarily easy, but when like, wow, like a lot of stuff is like working out right now, like also know like that doesn't mean that that's the new normal. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just keeping that evil yeah. level head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So with, with that in mind, I mean, I, I think we're, you know, we're, we, I wanted to hit on this article that came out on um, uh, Boomtown and Real Trends did a case study, which I, which I, I really found interesting. And it talks about um, it, it's it's beyond just your your first year agent. And uh, they talked about the the how to close more transactions. So statistically, agents that make 10 or more touch points per person per month achieve 39 percent more transactions um, than those who aren't as communicative. And those average agents close 75 sides, while those with fewer touch points close an average of 46. So if you're one of those people thinking about getting out, I mean, looking at this data, what advice do you have for them? I mean, you're talking about it being right around the corner. And I think a lot of cases, it may be easier than people realize. They just don't have the right guidance of what to do. Well, that's a big number. Yeah, both of those. Oh, I thought you were all going to wait for like closing 75 part, yeah. sides oh. or 46. Are they saying, is that like a year? Like that? Yeah, that's a year. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. even the, the fewer touch points at 46. That's not like terrible. So oh, I, yeah, right? I would say get out there and like dig through your database, call yeah. them all, call everybody, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and call them, you know, d- call them, get on the phone and talk to people, leave voicemail messages. Um, I know that there's a lot of agents that don't like to talk on the phone. They would rather text or email. Um, and I think you do lose. There's there's some loss in that. Oh, yeah. You know, lost in translation. Yeah. People can misread your text messages. It's Absolutely. very easy to do. Have you ever gotten a text and you thought someone was mad at you and it had <laughs> nothing to do with it? Yeah. Or I read it wrong. I yeah. just read it wrong. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I reread you're, it. You're judging the tonality based on what you think than actually hearing what they said. Right. Or well, vice versa. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I... Like we are, we spend a lot of times drive a lot of time driving in our car, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be texting while I'm de- like I mm-hmm. want like if there's like a conversation that you need to have, like I hate it when you call and like people don't pick up and then they like, I mean it's fine if you get a text that's like, hey, I can call you back at whatever time, mm-hmm. you know. But like when they just want to like text through it instead, and it's like I'm driving right now and I really want to get this resolved, and yeah, a lot does get lost by just texting and there's also like a loss of a additional information to be gained that when you're just like having that conversation like it leads to something else and like more stuff comes out and it just like mm-hmm. yeah just flows better yeah so a high number of touch points is what i'm hearing and and they went through and kind of broke this down i love that you both led with phone calls i'm clear that it, it's the most effective you can hear people's tonality you can hear their body language you can hear if they're smiling on the phone or not um, th- that certainly can make sense. Text uh, is certainly more conversational than email. And then the, the rest of the, st- I mean, uh, touch points are, that becomes more of a marketing play when you're getting into like digital advertising, direct mail and personalized videos. Um, so then the, the next statistic here that I found really interesting is that agents completing an actual follow-up process for new and past client compared to those that don't will close 22% more transactions telling us that all the money is in the follow-up. And th- this is backed up by like a Harvard Business Review study. If you've ever seen that green and black chart, I think we've looked at it a couple times, that when you get to nine-plus attempts, or uh, excuse me, six-plus attempts, your chance of reaching someone jumps by 90%. Most wow. agents fo- stop like calling after like one or two times. They just give up on the leads. So what advice do you have knowing that statistic from this uh, Real Trends in Boomtown case study for people that want to stay in the business and not be some of these folks that end up, exiting for whatever reason 
It's what we practice and preach all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Um, Yeah, you just have to, it's all in the follow-up. You have to consistently reach out. Even if they ignore you, even if they hang up on you, you know, you don't know what's going on on the other side. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe it was a bad connection. I don't yeah. know. Maybe the babysitter didn't show up and she's pulling her hair out and she doesn't want to have a phone call. A call. Right. But the next time you reach out to them and, and call, you know, they, and they pick up, they forget about those Yeah, they might calls. not remember. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't remember. So well, just and, do it. Don't take it personally. Right. And I mean, people tend to like, once they need something or once they're mm-hmm. ready is when they're going to like respond you know like um so I think a lot of the times like the previous ones you have to do them to be there still when the time is right you know like Mm -hmm. maybe they your initial connection with them was a year too early before but like you know now could be when they're actually ready like people when they're not ready yet they're like I got too much going on. I don't care about this. Right. Like, I'm not doing this right now. I'm doing it right. <laughs> yeah. They might not tell you that, but they're going to tell you that just right. by not answering. By not answering. But or like, you can see that they're like searching on the site, but they're right. like, they'll never like, mm. you know, it's like, all right, until it's they're fine. ready. Until they're ready. Mm-hmm. Well, you talked earlier today to, at, at the uh, the training that we did about accepted offer case studies that most of your business comes from longer term leads because you, you, you follow up consistently. And th- there's this word out there. This, this word drives me crazy. People say I got ghosted. being ghosted doesn't exist. You know what happens? Something happened in their life that caused them not to pick up or follow up with you, or you did something to cause them not to want to engage. And it's ghosted. I mean, I I don't really even know what that means. I mean, uh, you know, are you a poltergeist, Sarah? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) We have Slimer from the Ghostbusters here. Like it's, (laughs) and it's all about instead of accepting responsibility of, Hey, maybe what could I do differently and have a dedicated follow-up process and have a high amount of touch points. I mean, it, you know, we we talk about this all the time. If people want to stay in the business, you got to talk to people on the phone. I think it's really that simple. And I, I don't think there's much else to talk about there. Um, what's your opinion of ghosted, Stacy? Ghosted, I agree with you. I think it's like what happened. You know, yeah. <laughs> why are they not? Why are they ignoring me? They we were engaging, mm-hmm. and something happened. What was it? You know. Is it, uh, I mean, we've all had that happen. Like I've had a client that, you know, when you speak the reality of what's in the market, they might not like what you say to them, even if it is the truth. But sometimes you have, I mean, you have to tell them what the market is really like. Yeah. Even if they don't like it. Yeah. So that was probably the point where they felt that I wasn't sugarcoating everything and making it all nice. And yes, you're going to get your dream house for 50 grand under asking price and you're going to have all your full inspections and be able to negotiate negotiate that too. Right. Um, So it's not that they're ghosting. There's something that definitely happened. Yeah. I I agree, but I also think that there is a window depending on like how you got the lead, right? There is a window there where if you don't, and this can then still stem back to like you didn't make the right connection or Mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. But like there, I always feel confident if I've met somebody, if we've gone out at least two times, my like, I feel like at that point, even if they're not always responding, like, I feel like we're good, you know, okay. yep. um, there's that it's getting to that second or maybe like third appointment, or if it's like a call, like a Zillow call, let's say, and you're not able to line up the, this is the only house I would ever want to buy. Nothing else would mm-hmm. ever be anything it's pending, but see what you can do about it. And then you're trying to like, you know, maybe find some others, but you're not going back to them with just like, yes, this house is now available for you. Like 
it's that initial window I feel like where it's not necessarily being ghosted, but like that's where I feel like it happens the most. Once mm-hmm. you like establish that relationship, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean things could still go wrong. And like I've had people before that then all of a sudden you don't hear from them for an extremely long time, and mm-hmm. then they just weren't looking. Then they weren't ready. Then they didn't care mm-hmm. about it. Then. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and what you said there, I think, is really accurate because it's usually lack of follow-up or a condition. And a condition isn't getting ghosted either. That just means they're not going to transact. So, you know, it, and a lot of this has to do with, like, self-talk in, in a lot of cases. Like, if you say people are, like, leaving me hanging or not responding to me, then you're going to kind of manifest that a little bit. I don't yeah. care what anyone says. It, it That's how it goes. Um, so I, I like your point of view on that. And there there are times when these folks, they're, hey, I would buy this home because it's next door to my mother-in-law. Mm-hmm. God bless you if that's the case, um, if, you know, depending on how you feel about your in-laws. Um, but but that that's a little bit of a different situation. That, yeah. That's more conditional. conditional. So I, I do agree with you there. Um, and, you know, the, the last piece here real quickly is that as far as prospects go, the more you have in your pipeline, the better. Agents with a database of 500 contacts or more do an average of 25% more sides than those with fewer than 500. Any advice on that? And then agents who use their CRM do 18% more business. I love that one. Oh, I don't know how you could do this business without a CRM, personally. I don't understand how that could even happen. But mm-hmm. I'm sure there's agents out there that do. Um, but I think that definitely keeping track of everything and, and having more people in the pipeline is is better. It can feel overwhelming at times, but everybody's in a different um, different timeline. Mm-hmm. Not every buyer's ready to transact within the next, you know, week to three months. In fact, 65% are 90 days or more 90 out. days or more, right. And some people are nine months away or yeah. a year. So having a, a healthy pipeline is really, really important. And, um, you know, doing as best you can to maintain that pipeline and, and you know, stay in touch with your leads, um, it, it's really, really important. Yeah, and I, I think um, take on what you can when things feel super hectic, maybe like don't just like add fuel to the fire. Like if you already feel like you're running around with a ch- like a chicken with your head cut off, like maybe turn off some of the different inbound lead sources. But don't wait for everything that you are currently working on to be done to re like initiate that because you know, you want to still like you always want to have people that are wanting to go out and look at things. Like you don't want to just like wrap everything up and be like and now I'm starting from square one again. Like you always want to have like things in different stages because that's how you consistently have things going on you're absolutely right about the bandwidth because and and the way to take on more than maybe you could handle on like a piece of paper with your brain is using the crm Mm -hmm. um and and this thing should be like your personal assistant and agents who say they don't need it they either are going to limit themselves and what they actually want to accomplish or they're just lying to themselves i mean these resources are there companies wouldn't make all this money from having crm platforms if they weren't productive and people didn't use them right Mm -hmm. you find a bad product you ever buy it and stick with it no Sarah, I don't buy apparently it. Sarah Stick with it. I'm trying to, I don't know. I'm like I probably have, but no, in general, no. You, you get what I'm saying. So, I mean, 18% more business just from using a CRM to me is, 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 is and it helps you not wait until all your deals are closed. Right. I hear agents do this all the time. I got to close these people. I got to get the settlement. I'm oh thinking as soon as they're under contract, I'm done with them. And I mean that in the nicest way possible. We'll quarterback it towards settlement, but that's a lower priority than me finding new business. And that's the prioritization that folks don't get. So, mm-hmm. If you're one of these agents that's thinking about getting out of the business, check out these, uh, you know, the, these couple of stats here that we uh, we source from BAM, uh, the Boomtown and Real Trends case study, and that the, the the data tells you the way every time. You've probably heard this before, 
it's just a different way of looking at it. And I get excited when I hear like 39% more transactions, right? So that, and that has to do with tracking your numbers and knowing where your business is. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about bare minimum Monday. I hope I don't punch the window here after reading this this morning. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Mortgage America is have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. All right, all right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time and she's Stacy Mitchell. We have Nick behind the camera and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018 and number 11 in the country. And we're streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So this next story, I, I have never been more disgusted in my life reading something about the business environment. So our friends at BAM, uh, Broke Agent Media, or now BAM, I think they might have changed the name, Byron Lazine, he's been on the show. Um, apparently... And he, he, Byron got invited on NBC to talk about this because there's a bare minimum Monday TikTok trend that um, talks about how Sunday scaries are an actual thing. 75% of working Americans say they experience the Sunday scaries. And in response, there's a, now a group of those people. So not all 75%. They have bare minimum Mondayers, and they want to ease into their week. 
and they do literally the bare minimum at work on Mondays, and that this is apparently a trend now. I, I you know, and I, I don't, I don't really get it. I guess because I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Um, I've never had a job other than this. It's all, and you know, it, it's certainly. I think there's people that don't want to go to work after having a really nice weekend. I get all that. I just can't imagine showing up at work and just half-assing your way through the day and doing the bare minimum. Like, you might as well not even show up. What do you two think about all this? Uh, you know, it's like you, Tom. If you've always been an entrepreneur or always been self-employed, it's like you don't have a bare minimum Monday. <laughs> it's like you don't have a bare minimum any day. And I don't even understand Sunday scaries. Like, what is that? Is that where, like, Sunday you're nervous about going to work on Monday? Yeah, which I, I mean, I do get the Sunday scaries. Not, I mean, I do, like, I understand them, um, and I have had them before. But it's not necessarily, like, it doesn't always have to fall on, like, a Sunday, especially, like, because a lot of times we're working on the weekends or whatever. For me, it would be more if you're on a vacation mm-hmm. or something and you get back, and it's, like, a overwhelming feeling of, like, I'm going to have so much to do. and like, reality. Oh, boy. You know, or things that, like, maybe you, like, quickly responded to an email or a text, like, knowing, like, and I'm going to, like, resolve this on Monday or, like, whatever. Um, but I feel like the worst thing that you could do there is then on Monday, like, then usually for me, my most productive, like, you're super productive that next day because, like, you have all this stuff that you need to, to get done. Um, but we, again, are in a different field. It's not like we're just, like, showing up and, like, getting paid for by the hour for time where you could like not do things, (laughs) you know, like if you don't do them, you don't do them. If you don't do them, then you're, you're only hurting your business. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're coming, if you're showing up, if you are employed and you're showing up on Monday and you're doing bare minimum Monday, then you're hurting your, your employer's business. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's all, I don't know. I'm, I'm a big team player. So I feel like, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if if there's people slacking off on your team, then your whole team's coming down. I mm-hmm. think, and people probably don't like this, but we have really lowered our standards, man. <laughs> we have softened and softened and softened. And, you know, if people are having, yeah, everybody gets nervous about, you know, coming off vacation. You're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have a ton of stuff mm-hmm. to do. But just dive into it and get it done. Yeah, That's the only like, way that it goes away. It's the only <laughs> way it's going to go away. But this this Monday thing, this bare minimum Monday, I have no time for that. I just don't. And I think that really lowering standards is really bad. And it, it's across the board. You see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um and I think this bare minimum Monday, it just hurts everything. It hurts work production, obviously. Um, you know, you're hurting your teammates. You're hurting your your coworkers. Uh, it's, it's really not fair if you're just lazing around because you don't feel like doing anything on Monday. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just really bad. And it seems to me like anything on TikTok that's a trend is bad. <laughs> Is there any good trends on TikTok? I don't know because I'm not on the app. But. I'm not on TikTok. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I post and leave immediately. So I don't get sucked into the algorithm. Um, so so Byron went on to say, I actually like this. He goes, I got a proposal for you bare minimum Mondayers. I'll pay you the bare minimum. I'll pay you minimum wage you on go. Monday since you're doing bare minimum tasks. And if you do bare minimum Mondays throughout your career, you know, you're going to get to the point where it's time for retirement and you're going to realize that Social Security is not all it's cracked up to be. And you're going to complain about that instead. This was what Byron said. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I look at it a little differently. Like the most finite asset we have is time, right? So I don't get the point of going somewhere. The, the time commitment is still there. 
So if you can be more productive on a Monday and maybe you can get done work earlier on a Friday when it actually counts or do something or maybe you want to leave early on a Thursday or do something like that, because we we're in a, you know, we're, we're in a, a, a production oriented business, right? It's more about what you do, how you get things done. Um, my, my view is that you're just wasting your time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, certainly the, the and, and this has this is it's more of an employee mindset than a um, than, than an entrepreneur mindset. Um, I mean, I, you know, you're already denigrating yourself by calling it bare minimum Monday. It's just I yeah. mean, it's it's horrible self-talk. I, I just don't get this. And it, it seems like it's almost self-sabotage. And when people show up and you can you can how how hard is it to see someone putting in like a half effort like the, you mean you, we we have a you know i mean you probably see it all the time so mm-hmm. wh- how long does it take you to identify that sarah and stacy it's pretty easy yeah it's, it's pretty quick <laughs> yeah so people see it right yep so imagine you're in the client attraction business do you think your clients are going to pick up on that too yes mm-hmm. yes how yeah. many age, uh, clients have you worked with that had other agents that weren't happy with the effort they were putting in yes yeah right we've had so mm-hmm. The real estate agents who want to do the bare minimum, right? You want to be one of these bare minimum Monday people. The challenge with that is it requires maximum effort right now to get a home under contract. And that's what consumers expect of you, no matter whether or not you have the Sunday scaries. And all this naming stuff, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. I just don't understand how this becomes a trend. And, like, people are glorifying it. Um, The NBC uh, news anchor uh, Aaron Gilchrist, he said, make sure your Sunday includes something physical and fun. So I'm all for that. I think that's a great idea. And try to avoid planning big meetings or tasks first thing Monday morning. That's another horrible piece of advice. Like sometimes you have to have mm-hmm. a big meeting. What if the client can't can only meet Mondays? Oh, sorry, I'm going to have the Sunday scaries, guys. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I can't meet you on Monday. Let's make it Tuesday. I'd be immediately out on that, and right. and that's what ends up happening here. And some of these people are going to be really turned off by this. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how you can embrace this. And if you're a real estate agent, kind of reading this and and having this mindset. Just turn your license in now because the consumer deserves better than someone that's talking about giving the bare minimum. So these people that are posting this on TikTok and like they're like admitting that, hey, it's, you know, bare minimum Monday and that's what I'm doing today. Are like, how can you do that and be feel good about yourself? I just don't get it. Um, And wouldn't you be nervous that your Your lawyer, your boss is going to see it and be like, what is this all about? Um, But yeah, I mean. There, there's people that are proud of this, I guess. I don't know. I don't understand it, but that's me. Yeah. It's a new generation out there, a new world. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, you get these people with, with bare minimum, and I, I think that I, I'd be worried about you're getting fired Fridays because that's when a lot of people <laughs> get fired. Because right now, with the way the job market is, people are replaceable. And that's if you want to be paid like you're not replaceable, then be irreplaceable at work. That doesn't involve a bare minimum Monday. So that's it for this week. Rant's over. Hope you enjoyed it. You can follow Sarah. She's on Instagram. It's at Ty underscore Ty time. You can follow Stacy at the number two Mitchco. We're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. You can follow me on Instagram as well. It's at Tom Tool 3RD at Tom Tool 3rd. And we'll be back next week on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.